0: Welcome to the TaxSell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sell veteran. I'm the leading tax sell expert. I'm the author of the TaxSell Playbook, founder of the tax Cell Academy. And I'm your host right here on the TaxSell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. This is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the TaxSell Academy. If you are looking to learn more about investing, In tax-defaulted real estate, we have an entire educational academy set up to teach you. Just head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. All right, on today's podcast episode, I want to discuss three big mistakes that I have personally made. The importance behind this episode is learning from the mistakes that I've made and the mistakes that other people have made, so you can hopefully avoid these same mistakes. Now, fortunately, these happened fairly early in my career, and I was able to weather them, learn from them, and come out as a much smarter investor. Things happen, and that's okay as long as we're able to learn from them when they do. But if you can avoid them entirely in the first place, that's even better. And that is the reason for today's podcast episode. So let's go over these three stories. The first one, is about a house that I was buying at a tax sale. Sounds simple so far, right? Well, it began that way, at least. Now, in one of the first areas that I started investing in that was out of town, I really went all in. I had traveled there many states away from my home state. I would perform my due diligence. Then i go from one auction to the next auction buying tax-defaulted real estate. Then I would sell a lot of those properties while I was still on the road and I continued rolling that money over and over from property to property. I did extremely well, but there were periods when my schedule was very tight and looking back, I realized that that impacted the quality of the due diligence that I was performing. It was also a time when I was learning and I didn't have the systems in place that I do now to ensure I don't make mistakes. But back to that specific house, it was a very basic, nondescript house in a very average neighborhood. It was not much different than many of the other homes on that street or different than any of the other homes that I was purchasing. Nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. But I went to the auction and I bought that house and I knew it was a fantastic deal. It was a solid moneymaker. Easy in, easy out, make a pile of money, and move on. It was the transaction that I just love to get involved with because I knew it was going to be easy. So I bought the property at the auction. On the way to the hotel from the auction, I drove by that house. Everything looked good. It looked like a perfectly executed investment. It matched my notes. Everything was very flawless up until that point. Then what happened? Well, a few weeks went by as I was going to other auctions, traveling throughout the state, and I had a friend that was coming to town, and they were flying to an airport back towards the southern part of the state where that house was sitting. And this was likely going to be one of the most profitable houses I had purchased so far on my trip, and I kind of wanted to find a way to brag about that investment. It also happened to be very close to the route that we were driving from this airport back to where we were going. So I decided we would swing by that house because I wanted to show it off. And I can vividly remember turning down the street that that house was on. And then I was counting the house numbers out loud. The house number was number 1026, one zero two six. And I started counting, a turn. I counted 1022, 1024. Then the next one I saw was 1028. I was a little bit confused. So I circled the block just to make sure I was on the correct street. I was, in fact, on the correct street. Unfortunately, the same thing happened. I went from house number 1022 to house number 1024 to house number 1028. The issue was that house number 1026 was nowhere to be found. When I started looking closely, however, I realized there was a huge backhoe sitting on my property. Where house number 1026 had just sat a few weeks prior, that's where that backhoe was now sitting. It struck me. The city had demolished the house that I purchased. That little house that was going to make me quite a bit of money very easily was now gone forever. Like it disappeared. Nothing there except for the backhoe. Talk about a gut-wrenching moment. So after my embarrassment, I tried to swallow my pride and figure out what happened with that property. Where did I go wrong? I realized that I failed to review the code enforcement records for that property. Now the house apparently had some sort of foundation issues. It was deemed unsafe and it was put on the demolition list prior to my purchase. It just so happened that I purchased it and it was scheduled for demolition the following week. So It had gone through the whole process of condemnation and demolition and everything else, and I did not review those records. I did not take the time to do thorough research. That's a multi-year process, more than likely. And then it got put onto the demolition list, then I bought it, and then it got demolished. So please, let this be a lesson to you to make sure that your diligence is not rushed, that it's very thorough, that you make sure to review the county and the city code enforcement records, or whatever similar department exists in the area that you are investing in. The next story involves a pretty similar house. I had a fairly busy schedule during this particular time as well. And I took a drive-by of this home a few weeks before the auction. And again, it looked like every other house in the neighborhood. Pretty basic, but one of those properties I knew would be an easy sell. When I drove by... I actually saw the neighbor to this property outside working in her garden. I had circled the block a couple of times, and the last time I was really slowing down, and eventually I actually stopped, and I was kind of between this neighbor's house and the house that I was looking at. And she was very, very curious. Why was I stopped in front of her house? So I got out, introduced myself, and started to speak to her. Her curiosity turned into friendliness. And I asked her if she knew anything about the house next door I was looking to purchase, at the upcoming tax sale three or four weeks away. She told me a few basic things about the house and then told me that it was occupied by somebody that she really wasn't a fan of. Now, neighbors have disputes all the time, so I did not think much of it at all. I just blew it off. So a few weeks later, I purchased the property at the auction. I got a fantastic deal, and I knew it'd be one of those properties that'd be a very, very easy sale, and it'd be gone in no time. I left the auction, and immediately started driving towards the house. I was going to go to the house to discuss the situation with the occupant of that property. Since the neighbor told me it was occupied, I was going to try to work something out, like some sort of cash payment for them to peacefully move from the property. It's something that we do on a somewhat regular basis. We don't always try to buy occupied properties, but this was occupied. I knew it be an easy sell, so I figured I'd just work out a cash-for-keys arrangement. Unfortunately, when I arrived to the property, I was greeted by some nice yellow decorative tape in the form of crime seam tape. Apparently, the owner of the property knew of the upcoming auction and decided that if he could not live there, then no one else could live there either. He poured gasoline on the house, lit a match, and left. My house, that was going to be such an easy flip, was now a burned out house with very very little left. The issue here is that I did my drive-by much too early in the process. And a lot can change in three or four weeks, especially when people are in volatile situations. While there is always the risk of property damage, you can help to mitigate its impact on you by performing a final drive-by as close to the time of the auction as possible. And I certainly wish This is something that I would have done for this particular property. Now the last of the three brutal mistakes that I've made that I want to discuss today involves my failure to adjust. So when I got into real estate and ultimately the tax sale business, it was in the early two thousands, I was doing extremely well and money came very, very easily to me. I thought that I could do no wrong and I had a few strategies, that I just kept working over and over and over again, and then 2007 and 2008 hit me, along with that recession. Those strategies that had worked so well for me, they just stopped working altogether, seemingly overnight. The problem was that those were the only strategies that I knew. The only strategies that I knew were the only things that would work in the booming markets. That's the only market that I was familiar with at that time. So well into 2008, I was still trying to take the strategies that had worked in a booming market and apply them to a down economy. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that this wouldn't work until I'd burned through a lot of the cash that i had made in the preceding years. I experienced quite a bit of stress and I'd gone through so much aggravation. A couple of years into the recession, however, I started to make small adjustments. They were very minor at first, but I began to gradually modify my strategies more and more. The result is a system that I use to this day that allows me to do well no matter the current economic conditions. That situation is also a very constant reminder to make adjustments quickly, follow systems, and operate a business that can thrive in any economic climate it is 100 percent possible and it's something that i've been doing every day since so make adjustments quickly once you determine they are needed don't just sit back and try to do the same strategies over and over and over once they stop working listen i truly hope that these three stories have helped you out as tax sell investors there are going to be plenty of times where we are put in situations of adversity when we face challenges that seem in some instances to be even career ending. What I urge for you to do is to use each one of these stories and stories of your own that you find yourself in as opportunities to learn. Focus on what you can do differently, what you can do better, and how you can grow from every single point of adversity that you face. If you are able to approach every potentially negative situation, big or small, as a learning opportunity, you will discover that you can do much more than you thought possible, and you'll see success much faster and much easier as a tax sell investor. Again, I truly hope that these stories helped you out. Each one of these stories is discussed in much more depth inside the Tax Sell Playbook. And if you'd like to get a free copy of the book, just head on over to taxsellacademy.com. All that we ask is you pay the nominal shipping costs. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes right here on the Tax Cell Podcast, please do us a favor and leave a positive review for us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. It's a fantastic way to let us know that you are enjoying this podcast, that you are enjoying our episodes. And we are so very thankful for those who have taken the time to do so already. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Take care. Bye bye.